0: welcome to down the garden path podcast i'm your host joanne shaw and i'm kicking off this new season of down the garden path podcast by releasing some new episodes of vintage radio shows from my past i know you're going to enjoy them so stay tuned and have a listen I'm very happy to have author and landscape designer Jan Johnson back with us. She was here a few weeks ago, so we're doing part two so that we could focus on her book, Heaven is a Garden. So I hope that uh, if anyone out there, our our listeners have questions for Jan, that they will uh, please send them in to instudio101 at gmail.com. So let me give you a short little bio about Jan before I introduce her onto the show. Jan Johnson is a highly regarded landscape designer, author, and teacher with a passion for plants and beautiful gardens. In her book, Heaven is a Garden, designing serene outdoor spaces for inspiration and reflection, she draws on ancient traditions and modern trends to reveal the deep connection between the natural world and our emotions. An advocate of the transformational power of nature upon our well-being, she is an award-winning instructor at the New York Botanical Gardens. Anne writes the popular blog Serenity in the Garden. She is the co principal of the design build firm Johnson Landscape and Pools in Westchester County, New York, and her Facebook page is Heaven is a Garden. Welcome back to the show, Jan. Hi there, Joanne. Thank you for coming back. I know your, your first visit on the show, we talked all about your background and all your wonderful experience teaching and writing. And I'm really looking forward to further discussing and focusing on your book, Heaven is a Garden, tonight.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Thanks so much.
0: Excellent. So I'm hoping, like I said, that our listeners will send in some questions for you. Oh, yeah. Um, that great. Yeah. So that would be good, that opportunity to chat or, you know, just find out what you're thinking. But yeah. um, so Heaven is a Garden, you wrote it in?
1: It was published in 2014. 2014. Okay. But I spent about four years prior to that writing the book. Wow! Yes,
0: it must have been hard to carve out time between yes, the designing.
1: Really, uh, yeah, I work full time, and um, so I would get up at five in the morning every mm-hmm. day, and I would write. And it was uh, it was something I had to do. It was mm-hmm. I wanted to share all these things that I've um, put together through the years because I've been doing this for over 40 years, landscape design and planning. And I really wanted to share it. And I said, well, you know, you just have to make the time to do it. And that's what I did.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit about the title? What made you choose that as a title? Heaven is a Garden. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, actually, during the whole time that I was writing it, I was calling it Tranquility by Design.
0: Oh, which is also very cool.
1: Yeah, it's a great title, right? Yeah. But, you know... Tranquility is—it's a hard word, and it's you know—it's a long word, mm. and it's kind of like you know—it doesn't grab you. Mm-hmm. And my wonderful publisher at St. Lynn's Press, Paul Kelly, um, he said he very kind of quietly suggested. He said, "Well, I have another idea for a title," and he said, "What do you think about Heaven is a Garden?" And the minute he said the name, I said, "That's it. That's oh, it." Oh, wonderful! And one of the reasons I like it. Is because I just like the fact that you can get certain words in a title, like how often can you get the word heaven into a yeah. title of a book?
0: You mm-hmm. know,
1: so I grabbed onto it. I thought that was the perfect description for what I was trying to do.
0: Wonderful, especially with you know then the subtitle of serene outdoor spaces for inspiration and reflection. You know, I, th- I think it that's it's very suitable.
1: Yeah, and uh, and it and it it really does grab my intention what I was aiming to convey
0: oh that's wonderful well I have a quote from the book uh that I think is one of my favorite how it, you did a wonderful description of the book so I'm just going to read you your own quote oh good. um whether you are so I'm quoting Jan from her book whether you are an individual intending to create a beautiful backyard garden a landscape architect or designer wishing to expand your ideas for your clients or someone who is just thinking about designing a dream garden. This book will give you insights to help you create a glorious outdoor space, perfect for inspiration and reflection.
1: <laughs> and I
0: think that's that just sums up the book. It really okay. does.
1: Yeah, it was for anybody. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't want to get too in depth, but I didn't want to skim the surface too much. I kind of wanted I, what it was is that I wanted every paragraph to have something of value, every paragraph. Mm-hmm. So. I um, culled and edited and got it to the point where I felt there wasn't too much extraneous, you know, yeah. too many words.
0: Yeah. Well, because photos, too. You, you It's very, um, there's a lot of photos.
1: Yeah. And... They're yeah. uh, all my photos.
0: Wonderful. Um,
1: because, uh, you know, I've been collecting all these photos over the years.
0: Yeah. Are you really good at going back to gardens and visiting them?
1: You know, it's funny... Um, I, I, at first, I just took them. I, I wasn't very strategic when I started my company. I started my company 35 years ago, wow. and I wasn't. I, I I just wanted to make beautiful outdoor spaces mm-hmm. that made people feel good. That's basically what I do. Is like how to make feel good gardens. And I I never bothered to take before photos when I first started. I was too anxious just to mm-hmm. fix them up. Of course now in my later years I realized that the before photos are everything. Yeah. You oh. need it, everybody out there take even if it's a tiny little strip in front of your house take the before photo cuz mm-hmm. it's just you realize when it's all done what you what transformation occurred.
0: Yes, yes because uh and then the then it's the follow up cuz I always say that too the right after looks okay but really a couple years later that's when the garden comes into its own
1: it takes 3 years.
0: 3 years, yes. It
1: takes 3 years yeah. and then you come back and you go, "Wow.
0: What a yeah. difference. What a difference." What uh, what inspires so you're sharing all of these things with us? What inspires you in a garden?
1: Boy. I know. That's a great question, Joanne. What inspires me? Well, the first thing that inspires me is the natural environment. So, for example, if a place has a magnificent rock outcrop or if or if the landforms are pretty nice, or if there's this old, gnarled apple tree, or something like that, that's what grabs me. Mm. You know, it's like, because it's all about nature after right. all. You mm-hmm. know, we're, we're just a pale imitation of what nature does. And uh, I would say that, number one, inspires me. And, um, and especially the rocks. Yeah. Because the rocks are so ever-present and timeless. I think if I go to a place with the most beautiful rock outcrops I think I really swoon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then it becomes all about making them like kind of show showcasing the rocks.
1: Oh, I think so, yes. yeah. I mean, if you're you know, they're, they're we tend to overlook them. Mm. But, you know, they've been there for eons. Yeah. We come and go, the plants come and mm-hmm. go, but they're there. They're there. I I think I feel, there's a lot of rock lovers out there, I'm sure, who know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, if there are no rocks on the landscape, that is something that you feel strongly about adding.
1: Well, I don't, I don't know, you know, because you let the land tell you what to do. Mm. Like, if it's a place where it just doesn't happen to be rocks, would that be kind of silly, maybe, to add them? If it's a, you know, if it's a place where prairie or meadow or something else is more appropriate okay. i follow the natural environment surroundings okay. i i really do i feel like uh um, in one part of my book i talk about that about trying to stay in tune with the place mm-hmm. and uh and not try to become too artificial about the whole thing
0: Wow, because otherwise it sense. could be forced. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that because if you're introducing things, then maybe it can be a, come off a little forced.
1: Yeah, exactly. That they just don't harmonize that mm. well. Now, now, of course, uh, uh, if you're a really good designer, you can kind of introduce things that are not of the area, but for some reason, it still works beautifully. I'm not. I'm not a uh, a, a real vigilante when it comes to that i Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i say okay there's moderation in all things Mm -hmm. buddha said you go the middle way yeah i'm I'm definitely into the middle way
0: (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes um do your clients um kind of leave you leave it up to you do you really find that you are working with what your client's vision is
1: well you know because we are working for a person who owns the property and lives there. You want them to wake up mm-hmm. every morning, look outside, and go, oh, I'm so happy to be yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And if that particular client loves well-pruned hedges and beautiful annual flowers, that's what I will do because mm-hmm. I want them to love where they live. Yeah. Now, I will try to maintain as much native material and native plants as I possibly can but I still might introduce other plants mm-hmm. that are not native. Um, and then if somebody else is a little bit more um, into, like, I have one client who loves Japanese aesthetic, uh-huh. so I'm I free to do any kind of uh, Japanese approach, Japanese style, right. You know, that that I might. Oh, that's good. Do. So I guess I. I kind of go in tune with the client and what they want. Mm-hmm. Of course, we all, even you know you too, we all have our own particular style. Mine is, as I describe in the book, a little bit more flowing, like mm-hmm. gentle curves, because I find that people relax when there's gentle curves, whether it's a bed, a walkway, a wall, a step. Yeah, I find people relax more when gently curving rather than maybe straight lines yeah. everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Um, you talk uh, in the, you're your book about gardens, speaking of relaxing, you do talk about the garden, um, why gardens make us feel so relaxed. Like if it's done well, it should make us feel relaxed, right?
1: Yes, absolutely, mm-hmm. that you go outside and you immediately just feel like, it's like what I say, the reason I got into this in the very beginning, I probably told you this, was that when I was a college student, I was living and working in Japan as a college student working in a landscape architecture office, and I walked into those legendary Japanese yeah. gardens in Kyoto, and I just felt the stress drop off of me immediately. Wow. And I thought, what is this? What? How did this happen? Mm-hmm. And I spent all these years trying to figure out what techniques did they use that made me feel so good, and that's what I share in my right. book, Heaven is a yeah. Garden.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. There's so much, uh, so much in there that, uh, and visually, again, I go back to those f- pictures because, uh, you know, they speak a thousand words, right? Yeah. Um, we do have a que- I do want to get back to. I've got other thing, questions for you, but we do have a, a question uh, in email that I'll read to you. Um, George has written in. And she, he said, wow, I've seen some of Jan's work online. What got you into designing and building pools? And then ah. he also wants to know if you built any pools for anybody famous.
1: <laughs> is this George that I might know?
0: I don't know. George, I don't know. Uh, Pesto? Oh,
1: no, no, because I had, uh, I taught at Columbia University, and I had a wonderful student named George. Uh. And I thought, well, maybe George is writing in. <laughs> 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 um." Well, we'll how you- did I get into pools? Yeah. The way I got into pools was um, way back, 1979. Wow. And uh, a pool was being installed on one for one of my clients, and then they didn't quite know how to, the, the pool company didn't quite know how to fit it in, shoehorn it into this property very well. And I came along and said, well, we have to build a wall here and we have to put some drainage there, and and then they they saw that they knew how to build the pool, the pool shell, mm-hmm. and the, uh, plumb the equipment, but they didn't really know much about the surroundings. And so that's how I got started with pools in particular. Um, I did study landscape architecture, however, you know, they, it didn't go into great depth about pools. Right. And so from that point forward, I just, um, I worked originally with pool companies, and we started our own firm. And and pools are the one element where if you you know first of all if you're going to put a swimming pool in and we only do the gunite or the in ground okay. concrete pools yeah you know, you're, you know right off the bat that it's not an inexpensive mm-hmm. uh, yeah project whatsoever it's
0: a commitment yes it's a commitment mm-hmm. it's
1: like buying another house or mm-hmm. something but um, at the same time people are a little bit more open to changing their their site in an appreciable way that you know they're they're like okay i'm putting in a pool i'm probably gonna have to uh, cut into the hill over here or add some soil mm-hmm. over there so it's it, it gives you a wider latitude in terms of what you can do to the property do you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah absolutely you, you can really create a big change mm-hmm. and oh by the way you get a pool too yes kind of thing. yeah so that's how I got into pools. I love doing swimming pools. I love that and you know um and nowadays with all this modern technology, the saltwater pools and mm-hmm. all, I mean, it's yeah. it's really it, it's really great. It's not like all the chlorine pills of old of old. And um although I have to say that most of my pools now are rectangles and uh-huh. the reason for that is because of the um automatic pool cover
0: oh yeah mm-hmm. practical and reasons right so it makes change the practical things that change design sometimes right no
1: kidding yeah. you're absolutely right mm-hmm. it's, and and i tell people i say please do a pool with the pool cover because you know it, it's just the safety is just so yeah so um, assured mm-hmm. you can go away for a week and keep the pool covered it's locked nobody can jump in it's just yeah, so it's necessity. Yeah, and have I done pools for famous people? Oh yeah, I have. <laughs> and um, one who I, who, one who's very very famous, and then, but I also designed, w- which I would like to not talk about right now, but uh, yeah. very very famous, and one um, Pat Riley, who's who was the coach of the N- New York Ooh,
0: Knicks. Okay.
1: Yep. And um, a bunch of other famous people. Very cool. um,
0: So I'm like such a sports mom, so I'm like I know who that is. So that's very cool. Although my boys aren't really into basketball, but I definitely know who that is. Well, he moved
1: down to Miami Mm -hmm. because this was when he was uh, up in New York. Yeah, and um, it's always great to work for these well-known people because I really I study them and Mm -hmm. I see what was it that made them so successful. Mm -hmm. You know. And uh, they all have passion. That is for sure. Yeah. They all have passion for whatever it is that they do. Oh, that's great. And um, and they manage somehow to find time to talk to the lowly landscaper as well. Yeah, which is also very nice.
0: Which is good. Which is good. Yeah. Well, thank you, George, for that question. And um, I, did, getting back to your book, I did speaking of power and, and, and important people. I wanted to talk. In Heaven Is the Garden, you talk about the power spot. Oh, yeah. Does every garden have one?
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Even the front yard? Front even gardens. the front yard oh, okay. and
1: even like a tiny postage stamp yard like mine because I have a very tiny yard. Do you but really? The, yeah. The, you see, what the power spot is, okay. is a, a place that feels a little bit different than any other place in that area that you're addressing, whether it's the front yard or the Mm -hmm. backyard and it can be small or it could be very big Mm -hmm. and i and what i say is that it just is a little bit of a different feeling than any other place it's not some kind of weird woo-woo thing Mm -hmm. it's more um uh, just a feeling okay And I, and as I explained in the book, it it could be a high point. Mm -hmm. And I take, I don't make, I haven't made any of this up. This is all like, I've taken this from ancient traditions, like Celtic and Hawaiian and Japanese and South American and, and um, African and Indian. And, but they all have these same approaches to the site and to the earth. And so it's just, it could be a higher point, okay. even if it's just say maybe eighteen inches higher than the surrounding area or five feet higher than the surrounding mm-hmm. area,, okay. or it could be a low point, which I call like the heart of the garden, Oh, okay, and where and you say, well, I don't know where it is, and I say to people, it's your choice there's no right answer, oh if you really, say okay, that, that mm-hmm. tree stump over there is the power spot, well by golly, that's the power spot, okay. you know it's not a It's not an exam, it's how you (laughs) approach it. Yeah, yeah. Now, is
0: there something um, people can do to enhance it, or do you try to do that in your design to enhance it?
1: Yes. Yes. Now I'm going to, I have a a chart here that says different ways to enhance the power spot. One of the things that you can do is to uh, name it, like the old oak, okay, (laughs) something like that. Seven ways to highlight a power spot. So one thing is to name it and the lonesome oak another is to mark the spot like put a piece of artwork there or a standing stone okay or, or a sign or some kind of marker another thing you could do to in your power spot is put a bench and um and of course you know make it easy to get to if you determined that it's back there you know past the uh past a big leaf pile or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe make a strip of mown grass that, you know, gets you to there or a stepping stone walk or something. Yeah, And then maybe add seasonal interest to the area, like uh, some beautiful grasses that in the fall look so gorgeous, plant them right around there, or add some color like coleus or flowers, and, okay. and you can even light it up. Oh, yeah you no know, anything yep. put a you know it 's just uh, put some steps leading to it, just make it something a little bit special
0: so you uh, like I picture that then being almost the destination you know like or one of those secret like a, either not necessarily a secret garden but a secret spot in your garden maybe yeah
1: now in my little backyard i i don't can 't do that because it 's such a small spot, but what I did was I put a um a red leaf, Japanese maple there, and then I put a little stone sculpture next yep. door to it. Okay. So your eye just tends to go right to that place. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, yeah, I think you've just highlighted. what m- I could picture mine in my backyard now, I'm thinking. Yeah.
1: It's okay. usually like where you can have a, a view of something. Like with me, it was a view of the house because I didn't want to have a view of the neighbor's. So we look back with the view of the house, and then I put some bushes behind that point, and I placed a a bench.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's yeah. good. And uh, so in the front of the yard, you know, your typical, I mean, you've got, I guess you've really got a. It's the front can be so functional, right? You've got the driveway, yeah. you've got the front walkway, that type of thing. So um, you know what
1: I did for my. I have a very small front. I have a little front walkway, and then I put a little standing buddha statue about two and a half feet tall right where the point was okay and it, w- it was just like you know i don't say anything to anybody I just yep. put that there and then that's
0: it yeah okay Seals so that it, enhanced deal, it you know? yeah that enhanced it for you wonderful yeah the book covers so much it, re- it really does so thank you for that yeah so i know I,
1: tr- I i really like it for such a small book i really tried to make it every page worthwhile. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. For sure. And I don't I feel like I'm going to give away everything cuz how much we we're, we're going to talk about it but I, hopefully that'll make everybody well, I'm so uh, go glad out you and liked buy it. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's really written for someone like yourself who's mm-hmm. a designer, you mm-hmm. know? This, yeah. I really wanted to make it
0: helpful. And there, and it really, as a designer, it is really hard to find a book like this. So I oh, think that's, you. you know, I think that's why it's so wonderful is because, you know, we can find books on plants and we can find books on, you know, water guard, like specific things. But something that covers this and all the different, especially since our world is so international now, right? We're design. I'm designing for yeah. people from all different backgrounds. I bet. Yeah. So to have this, to draw from that... Um, is I think a really wonderful tool. So um, I'm looking forward to. I've got a really good friend who's a fellow landscape designer. So I'm really looking forward to getting it for her for Christmas. So, oh, that's hopefully, so hopefully she's not listening, but uh, yeah. So because yeah, I listen. think it's yeah, <laughs> I think it's it's going to be a great gift. So uh, for our listeners, if you have a garden, uh, garden designers, or, or and just anybody who loves to garden, uh, this is a, a really special book. So oh, uh, thanks
1: so much, for You're welcome. You know, it was very hard for me to get it published because it didn't fall into that standard category of, you know, best plants for a sunny backyard or yeah. something like that, you know. Yes. And they were like, "Well, what is it about?" I said, "Well, it's all about ancient traditions and how they how you can use them to create a serene outdoor space." And it's like, "What?" what is that? <laughs> <laughs> what it's does hard. that
0: mean oh goodness um so one of the other major topics in the book is you talk about direction ah, ha, ha. And, right and and it. you place an important part in how it places an important part in the landscape which of the four cardinal directions is considered the most auspicious and why
1: now you know what i do like my w- talks w- i have a powerpoint talk and oh, okay. this is one of the things i mentioned and um I say that all ancient, all the ancient traditions ascribed the same qualities to the four cardinal directions. So they all said the same thing about the direction of north or of south, east and west. Which I that really was an eye opener mm-hmm. to me. And for example, um, north, which is this shady side of a building or the shady side of a mountain, north has always been considered by all traditions to be the quiet side the side of wisdom and contemplation huh. be, and that makes sense yep. it's, it's shady it's mm-hmm. quiet so that um things that are solid like boulders and and rocks here i go back to rocks again <laughs> and art pieces and viewing gardens belong on the north side of a building Okay. Which makes perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, it not really does. The flower garden, mm-hmm. you know, with bright colors in yeah. a shady north side. Right, it's right? not going to
0: work, yes.
1: And the beauty of the north side is that the, the sun is behind you, right? Like when mm-hmm. you're looking to the north, the sun is behind you and can actually act as a spotlight onto whatever it is that you're looking at. Wow, never thought of it like that. Which makes very good for viewing gardens. hmm. So anyway, so north is the quiet, meditative, contemplative side, and and then south being the sunny side and being brightly lit during midday is the the expansive direction, and that's where all the flowers are singing and the banners are up, and Mm -hmm. the fire is the element for the south, so you have fire pits there. And I often say in my talks that it's no accident that uh, the South Lawn of the White House is the side for all the big outdoor events. Ah. But the question you asked me was the auspicious direction. Yes. And that is the east side. Is it really? And people say, well, that makes sense. That's where the sun rises, mm-hmm. and so, therefore, everybody loves the east, and they're right okay absolutely true but the other thing is is that when the sun rises the the sun rays are very gentle and the plants are just waking up the Mm -hmm. way we wake up in the morning and it's those gentle rays of the sun that wake up the plants and that's when they do their most growth oh really okay because you know they've spent all night respiring Mm -hmm. and doing all that metabolizing and then they grow wow and so a wise gardener's secret is to have your vegetable garden make sure it gets eastern light as well as southern light right make sure it gets eastern light because that's what starts the growth process
0: starts the growth process
1: and one more thing about (laughs) east is that um when we face east face east the synapses in our brain fire more rapidly, and which means that we think a little bit more clearly and rapidly.
0: Really? Facing east? Just because of in the morning, like kind of a morning time?
1: Well, I think it's because of the spinning of the earth, geomagnetics, but vastu, which is the Indian version of feng shui, okay, vastu says that east is the most um, auspicious direction, and they say your gates And the front of your house should face east. And all the Gothic cathedrals have their congregations face east. And all the great old libraries of the world, the windows face east. Wow. And if you think about the word orientation, like when you orient a building, you know what orient Mm -hmm. means? Yeah.
0: East. East. Orient
1: means east. Does it
0: really? Okay, so I guess I didn't know that. Occident Uh.
1: is west, and orient is Is east. East. So when they talk about orientation, what they're saying to you is that you've got to face east. Face east. And west, by the way, I I should finish with west. West is the direction associated with the setting of the sun and the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so that's the direction where we gather with friends and talk about, Small groups and get talk about what went on that day, and you have the sunset terrace, and that's where people seem to gather.
0: Gathering, yeah. So again, kind of a gathering spot. A
1: small gathering, small as opposed gather- to the south, which is big group. Right. And west is a small terrace area. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's great. Because if and I guess if the front of the house faces east and the back is facing west. Yeah, it's Perfect. You know. And then, uh, you know, when you think of small groups with dinner or in the evening, that's wonderful. That yeah. is great. I mean, it's all
1: common sense mm-hmm. if you think about it, mm-hmm. but, you know, when you put it into a whole understanding, it yeah. really does work.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like you said, the chart, in the, at the ch- your chart is in the book, right? Yes, yes. it is. So that uh, that really helps as well yeah. um, for people to, because to I think... Um, people think of direction just strictly sometimes as, like, uh, exposure. You know, how much sun is each spot going to get, right?
1: Right, because that's how we've been taught. Yes. You know, sun and shade patterns. Yes. You know, it, it was kind of taken into this very, very functional aspect. And, and it, you should. You know, okay, this plant needs, mm-hmm. you know, six hours sun a day. And But um, when you put it into context, it, it, it's a little bit more holistic
0: yeah definitely well we have another question jan okay Um, nan has written in and she's asking if you do work outside of new york
1: she lives
0: she lives in arizona
1: oh nan i'm coming (laughs) (laughs) and that's cool i'm doing a project right now in um maryland that's right next to west virginia who knew maryland was right next (laughs) but right in that panhandle part of maryland in west virginia and i've and, you know, I, I, I've lived and worked in various parts. I didn't say that I lived in Hawaii and worked in Hawaii. Work, I lived in New Orleans and worked in a landscape architecture office in New Orleans. And so, so Nan, yes, I do. I Wonderful.
0: And she's asking also, what is the biggest rock that you have worked with? Rock. Yes.
1: The biggest rock. Well, th- that's a great segue to uh, my upcoming book. Yes. Is, sh- perfect. Perfect. Yeah, thank you, Nan. It's called The Spirit of Stone, and it's about creative uses of natural stone in the landscape. And um, so I'm all about rocks right now.
0: Excellent, I'm excellent. I'm very stoned, as they say. <laughs> that's um, a good, that'll get you some press. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: Uh, yeah, that's what I should. That's, that's, I should think of a motto, oh, a tagline. There tag
0: you <laughs> And when does that come out? So I, I was.
1: Oh, it comes out. Okay, you can pre-order it on Amazon right now. The Spirit of Stone. Okay. And uh, but it does come out in mid-February. St. Lin's Press.
0: Excellent, excellent. And, and Heaven uh, Is a Garden is also published by St. Lin's Press. Yeah, they're correct? a great, great excellent.
1: publishing house. Excellent. I can't say enough good things about them. Oh,
0: that's and good. Well, if they saw, th- you know, like you said, you had a hard time and, and then they saw it and ran with it, then th- I think that's a great thing.
1: Yeah, that really is a testament mm-hmm. to Paul Kelly, who runs the company. He just he took the chance and it's now in its third printing.
0: So. Oh, wonderful.
1: Yeah. But um, the largest the rock largest I've rock. ever worked with. Wow, that's a very exciting question. You know, I work with a lot of rock outcrops because where I live in Westchester County, and I also worked in Hawaii, you know, years back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I worked with some um, lava rock in the and in this mountain range there in Oahu. But oh, golly, I'm not sure about the largest. It's very large. Right? Yes, yeah. very. Yeah, there's several here in this my part of the world where they just had such a presence about yeah. them, and uh, you have to. Um, acknowledge them you know the Native Americans would um, refer to the large boulders as grandfather or or mm. aged one really and okay. I can I can identify with that yeah, you know yeah. they've seen so much
0: yeah definitely aged one you could yeah. definitely that's a good name for for a power spot right yeah <laughs> there you go that's the name I'm getting this I'm getting you're, it, you're getting into it. <laughs> oh that's great. Um, Well, thank you for your question, Nan. That's great. Um, So uh, I do want to talk a bit about of a trend here. So, and you talk about, because I know you had said you really like the sweeping curves and that people feel more relaxed and and comfortable with that. Yeah. but I'm finding there's a little bit of a like in, in the sense, and I'll use the word hardscaping design. You know, the the paving companies. Everybody's kind of going a little bit more linear, right? They're making yeah. um, or um, stone that's bigger and and meant to be more linear patterns. So with everything more linear, and you talk in your book about the power of square and rectangle in the landscape. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. So. As much as the sweeping curves, you know, my eye kind of goes to that myself, um, although I'm finding, you know, others are wanting more of the linear.
1: Um, No, you're right, Uh, and and that's true. We live in a rectangular Mm, world. I mean, I'm sitting talking to you, and I'm sitting in a rectangular room, (laughs) and um, I don't know anybody who lives in a round or curved house or building. So you're right. We are much more comfortable... In a rectangular space, because that's what we're familiar with. And rather than fight that, if you're making an outdoor sitting area, it's, it, it's very comforting for someone to sit in a rectangular sitting spot. And it's easier to place furniture, after all. Yes. Um, so when I talk about that here, I say, well, listen, if you're going to work with rectangles in the landscape, you might as well do it with using the golden rectangle. And did, did you read that part yet? I did, it? yeah. And golden I remember
0: we, we studied it. It's one of those things where I brought it to mind when I read the book because we, we certainly studied it in school. You know, or I studied it in school, and then I think once you leave school, like you forget about it kind of oh, thing. Yeah, like, absolutely. you know, you kind of know, but but really to, to, to keep that top of mind. Um, so, you kind of encouraged me to, to, you know, when I am designing to kind of keep it a bit more top of mind. Is there an easy explanation for our listeners? To c-
1: yes, I have a very easy one. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Which I talk about in my, in my talks and have people. So, I, I explain that the golden proportion, because, you know, outdoor space is all about scale and proportion, first and foremost. The golden proportion is phi, not pi, not 3.14, but phi, 1.618. Okay. And phi is like phi beta kappa, Mm
0: -hmm. you know? P-H-I.
1: Yeah, P-H-I, 1.618 to 1, right? And it is the nature's proportion. Everything in nature grows according to phi. Wow. So that if you look at your finger, the, there's three digits or three joints in your finger. The smallest one and its relationship to the next one is 1.618. And each one is a 1.618 times larger than the other same with your hand, your forearm, and your upper arm. They're all in phi proportion to one another. Wow. And what does that have to do with landscaping? Mm -hmm. Well, we're so used to seeing the phi proportion in our bodies or in our flowers or in our fruit or in our pine cones or (laughs) whatever um, that we prefer... Rectangles that are also in the phi proportion. Am, okay, I, am yeah. I losing you yet? No,
0: no, I, I'm good. I'm hoping everybody else is. And uh, yeah. And
1: so the long side of the rectangle is w- 1.618 times the short side of the rectangle, and that is called. So, like, say, for example, you have the short side being five feet, the long side would be around eight feet because that's the phi proportion. Right. And when I explain this to people in my talks and I show them pictures and all, I I joke around and I say, Now, you're going to tell me you'll never remember the golden rectangle because, you know, math is not your thing. (laughs) And I say to people, I say, But you'll never forget the golden rectangle. And they say, Well, how can you be so sure? And I said, Because... Everybody, every one of you in your wallet has a golden rectangle in your wallet. And that's because all the credit cards are in the shape of a golden rectangle. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That is interesting. So you can't forget it. Yeah. So then the question is, is that why we're so comfortable with them? Because the credit cards? Yeah. (laughs)
0: And, I, and biz, you know what, business cards, too,
1: right? Oh, I, I wonder. I never thought about that. I'll have to look.
0: Because, you know, if someone gives you a you know, there's a, you know, the people like to be different, right? And they give you a smaller one or a bigger one or one that's more square and it just doesn't work.
1: <laughs> you know, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Oh, that's
0: interesting. We'll have to see.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, um, if you're going to go rectangular in anything you do, I suggest you, at least you consider, you know utilizing the golden rectangle in your
0: In, in your, your design. Excellent. In your, and then and that's something, it's easy, you know, you don't have to be a designer to do that, right? If you're, you know, laying out, if you're, do, you know, if our oh, listeners no. who are creating their own garden beds at home and laying out the hose maybe to mark it or something like that, a then that's... A flower bed.
1: Yeah. In my, if, 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 in my book, I show an illustration of the patio, and then I show the flower beds around it mm-hmm. that are also in the five proportion. So that um, it all works. Yeah. Yep, I have it turned right here, page thirty nine. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and I know that a lot of people when you start talking math, you know, their eyes start to glaze over, mm. but um, it's not that, you know, it's just that one measurement that you have to utilize. One point six one eight. Yeah,
0: so that's one thing to keep in mind. Yeah. yeah. Now we can't finish talking about the book and talking about without talking about a little bit about trees. Oh, good. Right? So we've got to to leave some time. uh, Time is flying. I'm just loving our chat, uh, Jan. So you write in Heaven is the Garden that there is a message in trees. Oh, yes. How do you feel about trees in the landscape?
1: You know, um, there's a a fellow right now who's who's come, a, a German fellow, and he's just written a book. I cannot remember the name of the man, nor can I remember the name of the book. But the, it was just recently, and it was about how trees talk to each other and communicate, and everybody is, like, very excited about it. And that's kind of what I talk about in the chapter in Heaven is a Garden uh, called um, Calling on the Trees. Now, I actually did write a book years ago called Orthos, All About Trees. And you can buy it for a penny oh, on goodness. Amazon, and it's a great book introduction to trees it's a great compendium of information on all different kinds of trees and i put charts together about the all-star trees and trees for wet locations i mean it was a it was a tree book that was really worthwhile wow
0: so. that's great i'll look for that
1: yes yeah, so send your penny in
0: <laughs> send my book. penny in now i now because you wrote that a long time ago yeah. to now do you think there have have some trees kind of fallen off favor? Well, you or? See,
1: that was kind of like an informative book mm. for people to say, okay, what kind of tree should I plant in my front yard? Should it right. be an oak? Should it be a maple? Should it be a sweet gum? But um, this particular chapter, you know, it's a little bit different. This chapter is about the energy of the trees, mm. and I say, you know, may the forest be with you, <laughs> and um, it's it's really. Addressing the fact, and again, ancient traditions knew this, that trees actually do have different energetic um, signatures. Okay. And the way that you can determine that for yourself is simply to put your hands on the trunk of the tree.
0: Mm.
1: Now, I have actually done this with uh, people at the New York Student's at the New York Botanic Gardens, and, you know, there's always a few that are looking at me askance. <laughs> yeah. However, if you put your hands on the trunk of a, say, a white pine tree, and then you go over and you put your hands on the trunk of an oak tree, you will absolutely feel a total different energy.
0: Okay. So and it's not no just the bark. Sees... You're, you're talking energy.
1: I'm talking about the feeling you get when you put your hands on the trunk of that tree. hmm and it's, I'm not trying to be, you know, a little otherworldly here. I'm just saying you will feel it. Mm. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of like when you're around one person, and then you go to next to another person, and you feel a little bit different. Yeah. It's the same exact thing. And once we start to recognize that, we will understand why the Native Americans called the white pine the tree of peace, mm. which they did. Okay. And then, of course, you think about it. What are the qualities that people ascribe to, say, an oak tree? If they say courage and and uh, steadfastness yeah. and vigorous and strong. I mean, that's what everybody thinks of when yeah. they think of an oak tree. Mm-hmm. Am, I, yeah. am I? Right?
0: Yeah. No, absolutely.
1: And so I uh, I just talk a little bit about some of the trees, like willow trees. Um, they're very soft, and they're very uh, pliable, and they actually are, are assist in healing. And um, and like I said, with pines, they um, are very uplifting, peaceful, and they aid in uh, problem-solving if you're near them. Yeah. And maple trees, well, they just engender goodwill. Mm-hmm. I didn't make this up, by the way. Okay. I got this <laughs> from
0: yeah lots or, of research you yeah, it's obvious in your book that yeah. you know a lot of research uh, went into this like you know the principles that you're practicing in, in your career but also that the, the history you've, you've definitely outlined and and really referenced that uh, so I think that's that's wonderful
1: and you know when I in my book and I'll just leave it at this for the trees Thomas Hardy wrote in this book called under the Greenwood tree he wrote to dwellers in a wood, Almost every species of tree has its voice as well as its features, mm. and we all know about the features. We, you know, we—that's what my first book was mm-hmm. about. This is more about it, the voice.
0: The voice. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, so, should we expect the same in the spirit of stone? Should we, should we expect the same research about stone and and the different parts of the world?
1: Yeah, I. Yeah, kind of. I uh, I talk about how to utilize. Uh, natural stone in the garden and um, you know when you when i started in on this i thought well this won't be that big an undertaking Mm -hmm. well that was silly because (laughs) the more i saw how much stone can be utilized i thought wow there's so much to discuss here and um, from stone accents to stone walks to stone walls to uh, the traditional uses of stone as totems and um, and you know, and labyrinths and oh yeah, labyrinths, yeah. but then, you know, all the way to plants and stone. I have a whole chapter saying how you know, plants and stone. It's kind of like yin and yang. Mm-hmm. It's the stone is the hard, enduring uh, material, and then the plants are the dynamic, growing and and um, aging material right next to it. It's yeah, so great. Dynamic combination.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, wow, we're, we're really uh, going quickly here. Time okay. is spinning. But uh, I did want, I didn't, before we leave, we, we've talked about both the books, but I did want give a, a shout out to your company. So, Johnson Landscape and Pools in West, yes. Westchester County, New York. But and uh, I, we work anywhere. You do work anywhere, okay? Anywhere. A, excellent. Yeah, now, and, now um, do you fly out to see the property? I fly out. Excellent. Yeah, that's well,
1: it. And uh, we do what they call a charrette, which is we uh, measure it and shoot all the elevations. We, you know, we, uh, I, everything I do, I do very detailed. There's no guesswork. Mm -hmm. So we use the transit to shoot the elevations and um, we develop the plan and, uh, and then, Go from there.
0: Now, would you install? Like, is that mostly from a design standpoint? So,
1: well, it just depends. I mean, if it doesn't make sense, then we'll just manage the project and and work very closely. Because you know, you could make the most beautiful drawing in the world if you don't have the uh, craftsmanship Mm. to follow it up. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: not worth it yeah
0: Yeah, and it it. and it really involves a partnership too right you need to work with not only good craftsmen and good people but they need to be able to see the value in the design and and work closely don't you agree
1: oh absolutely Mm -hmm. and when they start to realize that i've calculated all the grades and the pitches and all this other stuff they realize oh wait a second this person really did address everything Ah. of course it also helps to know spanish (laughs) you got to know Spanish in this profession. Yes. And
0: yeah, and well, not up here, but... Oh, uh, that's right. Not yeah.
1: in Canada. No, that's true. not We're in like, Canada. Yeah, where I live, it's... Oh, i got to speak Spanish every
0: day. Yeah, well, that's good that you know it, though. Yeah, it's good. That's good. It's we need workers true. here. That is one of our challenges, is... Uh, as uh, workers. And I bet. Because uh, the kids, you know, the kids my, I have two myself and it's hard work. It's a, it's a very rewarding field but it is a lot of hard work. It's hard work. And uh, the next generation doesn't necessarily want to work that hard. No, I don't know if they know what hard work is. Yeah, though. so that is definitely one of the big challenges with all the contractors up here is uh, finding and retaining um, getting
1: yeah, the work done. Yeah,
0: definitely getting the work done.
1: Do you, which, uh, you could get me started on that because I am, I I cannot believe that for all these years the school systems did not mm. teach this because it is such a rewarding yeah uh, profession yeah I mean to be able to build a stone wall and stand back and look at your creation and you know it's there's nothing like it yeah
0: no and and all of the other trades too I mean it's definitely whoever made that decision years and years ago to take that out. Right. Um, have, you know, I think we're really going to be paying the price going forward, you I know, unless they is. can turn things around, but uh,
1: so
0: yeah, absolutely. Do you, um? so the gardens that are close to you, do you maintain them also for your clients?
1: Well, we do actually. You we do? maintain the client, the, the gardens that we have installed. Okay. That didn't, we didn't start out that way, but again, it was one of those things where you know, at least, it, you know, in areas here, nearby, where um, we just said, well, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. They, they don't even know how to prune. They don't know how yeah. to deadhead. They don't know how to do anything. And yeah. we just, we we trained some some of our top guys and have them run the maintenance. Of course, um, I can always talk to someone else, too.
0: Yeah, know, yeah. And,
1: and they'll... I write down exactly what has to happen. Mm-hmm. For th- if it's not my cruise, yeah, I, I write down what they have to do. They have to do. That's and we great. We have a uh, whole plant sheets and everything that we give to the client. Oh, wonderful! When we do a plan, I don't know if you do this. We actually have when we do a plant list, and then we we give a little information with a picture of every plant. Mm-hmm. And um, it really helps.
0: Yes, and do you do care like a care? Info too to go with it, or yeah, 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 okay, excellent. So, in addition to writing books, you have a popular blog called Serenity in the Garden,
1: yeah,
0: so our listeners can follow you there, and you're on other uh, social media links, right? I'm on Facebook, I'm a
1: Facebook junkie, (laughs) and uh, I have two Facebook pages one is called Heaven is a Garden, okay, and the other is called Serenity in the Garden Blog,
0: excellent,
1: and that's on Facebook. And, uh, and then you sh- I just find it so great because then we start talking, you mm-hmm. know, it, I'll post something and then somebody will say, oh, I have that in my backyard mm-hmm. and actually it's hardier than you think. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I just, I just think Facebook is the greatest thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. And you share, I noticed you also share some things from Facebook to Instagram and Twitter. So and Twitter. Yes. Yeah.
1: Twitter so that's how I t- communicate with you. Yes. Twitter. Yep. Right and uh, there's different people, different groups of people in the world. There's the Twitter people, there's the Instagram people, mm-hmm. and there's the Facebook. You yes. know, it's a lot of different tribes.
0: That's right, and <laughs> it's hard. It takes so, so much time, right, to kind of uh, to oh. to uh, inform all of them. So uh, and, then, so and yeah. then my
1: friends say, "Well, I mess, I text message you." I said, "How? Oh, I don't have time to read my text messages." <laughs> I I find that about
0: um, Facebook Messenger like I'm good with Facebook but then you threw me a curve like you know Facebook Messenger is just one more thing oh yeah you know? that's what I did
1: right <laughs> I ca- I wrote yeah, yeah right I know sorry about that
0: yeah. no no that's okay yeah. Um so is there anything else I know you you also have quite a schedule on your website there about uh, up upcoming speaking engagements so is there anything else coming up that you'd like to well, promote the
1: the one thing I would like to say is that I do love to give talks uh-huh. and um, I'm like I'm going down to death. Palace in two weeks to give a talk there, and I'm going out to um, Seattle next year to give a talk there. And so if anybody's interested in having me come give a PowerPoint presentation or a workshop, um, they can go on to my company website, which is uh, johnsonlandscapes.com. Okay. And John Sen is with an E. John, That's right. S-E-N, John Sen. Sen landscapes.com and contact me there okay any kind of speaking agent um which i really enjoy you
0: really do that i don't know how you get it all in
1: well you know it's it's funny i i I really don't know how i'm doing it either but it's kind of like a labor of love Mm. it's something i just feel that um it's time
0: excellent you know after forty
1: years it's time to share
0: it all. Yeah, that's so. wonderful. Well, I really hope that you'll come back when we get... Uh, um, the new book. Yeah, the new book. Yeah,
1: I'll send you a review copy. Excellent. And can, thank uh, you. Do it again. I'd love to. That
0: would be great. That'd be great. Uh, although, I, I mean, I'm, you're welcome on the show anytime. Well, so, uh, anything thanks. else you ever want to share or want to talk about, uh, just give me a call and you can definitely, you know where I am on Monday night. So, oh, thanks so much, I, I'd Jo-Ann. love to spend it with you and I hope our listeners enjoyed uh, listening in.